Hey everybody, welcome back to now episode 10 of the Chasing Grand Champ podcast. That is right, we made it to double digits. We're almost, it's almost a real thing now. I feel like I can uh, say that I have a real podcast now that it is happening over and over again. And this week, out of the blue, uh, very graciously joining me is the community caster, uh, Hunted. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad that I can be your uh, double-digit host, or not host, but guest, I suppose. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm happy to have you and, and grateful for you uh, just out of the blue being willing to do that. Now, just for me, mostly, because I, I know you do some community casting, mm-hmm. uh, what organizations or like what, what kind of experience do you have under your belt? Ooh, man, how much time do we have? You have 30 <laughs> seconds for this portion of the um, podcast. Uh, well, I've worked with a lot of the the top-level community orgs. I mean, I work currently with Rival on uh, the Rival Series B stream. I work with the College Cardball Association for CRL. Um, I've worked with Rocket League Central in the past. And uh, uh, from from those guys all the way down to, to – I got my start in casting in Rocket League with – the hoops community big shout out to them they're awesome guys but you know i've done just about everything you could imagine in the commentary scene in rocket league nice good for you thank you and how how did you get into rocket league like how long have you been playing the game how did you find it what's what's your backstory well i found out about rocket league i don't remember exactly how i think it was a twitch stream uh during the beta um and i didn't have a playstation at the time a ps4 anyway and uh so i watched so many hours of of rocket league wishing i could play it but i had to wait for release for it to come out on pc but i've been playing it ever since then um got into like commentary stuff not too long ago in rocket league anyway about a year ago but i've been playing since the game came out on pc and really haven't stopped Okay, so you have been playing the game for quite a while. You just recently decided to get into the commentary side of things. Yeah, I've been doing commentary for, shoot, almost 10 years now. Oh, Um, okay. But uh, I finally decided to jump headfirst in Rocket League and be actually serious about it. Um, Yeah, just about a year ago now, and it's been an awesome ride. There are so many awesome people in the community. I... I count myself so very lucky to know all of them and be able to work with them on a regular basis. Nice. So what other games have you done commentary for in the past? Well, I started with StarCraft. Uh, StarCraft 1, StarCraft 2. Making videos for my friends. You know, a lot of it was just for fun. uh, Things like that. And eventually moved to other games like uh, Tribes Ascend and Smite um i've done things with a relatively obscure game that some rocket league players might know called disc jam um got into that quite a bit uh but other than that really just kind of here and there stuff i like i said i never really took it terribly seriously in the video game uh side of things until rocket league because it reminds me so much of sports and you know big hockey guy and what have you so is is disc jam still a thing uh no not entirely i i mean it you could still play it certainly but the community um 
has kind of dissipated a little bit. It, it was a good run. I had a lot of fun with that game when it was in its heyday, if you will. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, maybe maybe there will be a resurgence with Disc Jam too. You never know. Is that something they're working on? I have no idea. I hope so. Um, I haven't <laughs> talked to the devs in, wow, probably a year and a half now. Um, huh. Oh, gosh. I, has it been that long? <laughs> you know, I really, honestly, I think it has. And here's a little funny story that a lot of people don't know about me is that I played Disc Jam a ton when it came out. And uh, at launch, there was a world championship that was taking place that was uh held by the community and i actually won the first ever world championship in this jam so look at you a world (laughs) oh my gosh my dog is going crazy hold on she's so excited that i'm talking to a world (laughs) champ wow that's crazy that you uh won that world championship that's that's great so obviously you take video games seriously which is an excellent segue into the reason that we're all here (laughs) to talk about playing Rocket League. Now, the reason I started this podcast way back uh, when, gosh, it it feels like so long ago now, 10 weeks ago, <laughs> uh, was uh, just because I, I'm really focused on getting better at this game. Sure. Uh, and I think that, you know, there are plenty of other people that are thinking about it and working on their own game. Uh, and I thought, why not? I mean, there are so many good avenues uh, to hear about news and things of that nature, but there's nothing where people get together and just like talk about the game like this. So here I am. So, uh, world champ in disc <laughs> disc jam. Tell me uh, a, a little bit about your rocket league game. Like, where are you right now in terms of, uh, rocket league? Well, as far as rank goes, I hover right around champ two, champ three. I haven't been able to crack the, the GC bubble as of yet. Um, granted, it's hard for me to grind most of the time. I just, most of my stuff have, that I do with Rocket League is either commentary or VOD review, replay review to, to prep for stuff. And um, I don't play as much as I'd like to anymore. But, you know, I, I still feel that I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting better every time I play. And I have a an awesome group of friends at Rocket League Central that I play with just about three four times a week and uh you know just playing with those guys in a nice relaxed atmosphere has I, i've improved so much it's crazy those guys are quite good at the game yes they are all of yeah. them are yeah for sure i have frustrated many of those guys on many occasions because <laughs> of my horrible decision making so shout out to those guys yeah they're awesome so have you have you been playing any this season? Like, where are you right now? Yeah, so I have. I've actually been playing more this season than than recent ones uh, because I've been playing in uh, the MLE minor league esports. Shout out to them, right. awesome community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I'm I'm hovering champ two, champ three. I've gotten you know lowish champ three. Never really broke that barrier towards grand champ but the practice has been good um i really really like playing the competitive games especially you know in these leagues like emily and uh united rogue and whatever just Mm -hmm. because it brings another aspect to it that you don't get in ranked right i mean you 
you actually feel like you're playing for something other than just rank. Yeah, for sure. Now in MLE, do you, is there a threes league now or is it still just twos? No, MLE is still purely, purely twos. Okay, cool. So how, how long have you been doing that? Um, the minor well, league esports. Well, this technically is my first season actually playing. I joined MLE last season with the intention of playing, but they ended up needing casters, and I casted the majority of the season last year. So, um, this season, first first time on a team, play for the Foxes in the Champ League. It has been uh, an awesome ride. Some really really great people. Um, and I've been heavily involved in the community as well. I mean, from running the broadcast and and making counsel and what have you, it's been it's been great to to uh, grow as a person and as a player with MLE. I, I really recommend checking into that community if if there's anybody listening interested in getting better at the game. How do you feel that it has helped you improve? Specifically, like being a part of that organization. Well, it gives you it gives you a place for you to play without the pressure of playing. Uh, it sounds it sounds kind of weird, but I feel like I can go to and play a game of four mans, which is another organization that's kind of partnered with MLE, and not care if I drop a couple of games because of mistakes. It's a place where I can go and feel comfortable with every player that's playing there because everybody's awesome. Everybody's not going to be toxic or, or yell at me at the end of the game. And, you know, I get a ton of replays I can watch. And it's just a community of people who have the same goal as I do. And that's getting better at the game. Do you feel like you have improved since you've been doing this? Even though, like, you... But you've also been playing more. So do you feel right. like since the season started, you your play has picked up, even though you said you haven't been able to play as much as you used to play? Yeah. Actually, funny enough, I, I feel like I kind of – I hit a, a bit of a barrier at one point, and it felt like I wasn't improving at all. Um, and I kind of took a break from actually playing for a little while. Um, and when I came back is when I really joined MLE and got heavy into it. And it, it was almost like instantaneous. Just the fact of having those non-pressure situations, and I have to give credit to the RLC guys as well. I just I smashed that barrier, and it's felt so good since then. I'm doing things I never would have imagined I could do like a month or two ago. What do you think the change was? Like, I guess, expand on this whole non-pressure thing how do you feel differently now than you did like before you had this this barrier or when you were at that barrier what's different well i guess i just take a different approach to the game now whereas before it was it felt like there was such a focus on not messing up right like you don't want to be that guy that ruined the rank game for you and your teammates and it's it always felt like that but ever since i've joined these kind of chill environments and played with players that understand people are going to make mistakes i've carried that over even into ranked when i'm playing with randoms 
I know I'm going to mess up. I know my teammates are going to mess up. That's the whole point of playing champ too. We're not that good at this game, but it's a, everything is a learning experience and, and MLE and RLC in general have really shown me that you can take so much away from a, you know, a six, nothing loss that it doesn't feel good, but you know, it doesn't make me want to quit playing anymore. Hmm. So do you, you still solo queue then in, in ranked matches? I mean, I try not to, to be honest, if, if I have friends to play with, I, I do try to play with them, but you know, if there's nobody available, which is a good amount of the time, then yeah, I will certainly solo queue. Uh, it, it's hit or miss, especially with how the reset has gone that, you know, it's less about the teammates and more about the people that I'm playing against. I don't know what it is, but there are certain players in this game that have play styles that just baffle me. And when I go up against them, I feel like I have to change the way that I play. And I'm still trying to get over that, that uh, I need to when just you go play up my against, game. When you go up against two. Uh, just, just people, specifically people who don't i guess conform to what you would imagine a champ two or champ three player would do you know if i think we've gotten to the point where uh you know if somebody has space with the ball you know you're trying to dribble down the field and you have the ball on top of your car typically people give you space because they know that if you challenge a little too early you're just going to get beat with a flick and i i've gotten used to that play style and then when you have a player who doesn't conform to that and they challenge you instantly or they just cut their teammates off, it gets so hectic for me that I just I don't understand what is going on sometimes. And it's it's one of the things. It's it's I guess it's a versatility type thing that I still struggle with. So okay. it's hard well, to explain. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're on to something. So does that unusual playstyle throw you off? for the rest of the game or do you feel like it's just the certain circumstances that you don't know how to immediately act uh like how do you how do you follow through the rest of the game or uh how does that shake out you know over the whole five minute game right um well i i think a lot of it depends on how my teammates react to it as well uh, if 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 the game feels awkward because nobody knows what they're doing on my team, and I don't mean that in a way of like these people don't know how to play Rocket League, but nobody is reacting well to what the enemy team is doing, the game can just feel terrible. Like I can't get out of my own zone. I <clears throat> I have no boost, whatever. But if my teammates are there to help, kind of pick pick up the slack of me not fully realizing. Uh, what to do it it can help pull me out of that kind of slump and then I get back into playing quickly and, and playing the way that I want to play um, Rocket League is it's such a fast-paced game and things change so quickly that I might lose a situation but I try to keep that out of my mind and just do better next time I'm faced with that let's go back sure. a little bit to um I want to talk about this whole like mistakes thing mm -hmm. and not mistakes. So how would you say that you play differently? What's the difference for you between being worried about making mistakes, playing, being worried about making mistakes and 
now this not being so worried about making mistakes? How do you see yourself play differently? Well, I've gotten faster getting to the ball in general because I'm not hesitating as much uh, anymore. You know, a ball goes up, you you see it and you kind of pause and say, can I beat this guy? Can I even make this touch if I try? I don't think about that anymore. I just let myself do it. And if I miss, oh, well. But I I know that, man, you know, if I was a half second faster, if I, you know, used less boost earlier in this sequence, I could have gotten to that aerial or I could have made that touch to my teammate. And it's less about, oh, I'm messing up, I'm messing up, this sucks, to what can I do better next time? That's been the biggest change, and it's given me so much more confidence when I'm playing. And do you think that just happened through osmosis, or was it like a conversation <laughs> you had with somebody? Like, oh, this is just so low-key and easy, and nobody is like exploding when I make a mistake. I'm right. okay with this. Or was it more directed to you, like, stop caring so much <laughs> um no it certainly wasn't somebody telling me i needed to chill out no uh it, again i i just wedged myself in communities where people understand that things happen and you i mean i'm gonna say it again the the group that i play with at rlc and in the mle they have completely changed my mindset purely because I'm not playing ranked 24-7 anymore. I, I'm playing with players who are better than me, players who are worse than I am, but everybody's having a good time and everybody's learning from the things that they're doing wrong. And I, it's just that's the biggest thing. Like People ask me what they can do to improve, and you just need to surround yourself with players that make you feel comfortable, and then all of a sudden your play feels more comfortable. Hmm. Good one. So where were you at the beginning of this? Like when you stepped away from playing the game as much, sure. where were you rank wise? Um, let's see. I have to go back and think. Um, when I got into commentary for Rocket League, I think I was still around champ league, maybe champ one. Um, okay. And the game has changed a lot in a year. I don't think people really realize how much better they've gotten themselves, but Champ 1 today is so much better than what Champ 1 was back in the day. And I'm just proud of myself for keeping up with everybody without being able to play the game a ton anymore. Um, but how, have you seen, how have you seen it change? Like a specific, even in like Champ sure. 1. People are faster. People are so fast now. And um, the decision-making's actually gotten better, despite what some people would like to say. Um, people are not going for double commits nearly as often. They're, they're looking for actual good plays, making passes. And, of course, you know, mechanics are always getting better as well. But I, I would say the biggest thing is that people are, are much quicker now than they used to be. So then pre pre breakthrough, I'll call it. Sure. You were like champ one and now you're 
high champ two, champ three. Yeah, yeah. After I broke through that kind of ceiling of mechanical errors and stuff like that, I'm so much more consistent now with, with aerialing and what have you. And you would say right now you're more focused on excelling in the commentary side of things. So you're like, would you say you're putting any time into practicing specific things or getting better at like individual uh, techniques? Um, or is it mostly like you're learning when you play and like you try and do things better as you're going, but it's not really like, you know, spending time in free play or training sure. packs or anything like that? Yeah, I've actually kind of, uh, I've identified a big flaw in my play as of recent in that I have really let my ground game go a lot. My dribbling has been not very good. Um, and I put actually a good amount of time into that doing training packs and um, workshop maps, things like that, playing a lot of ones as frustrating as it can be at times. I've really dedicated time to playing uh, 1v1s, especially when I don't have anybody online who wants to play. Um, so I, I do try to keep up because, you know, commentary is well and good, but you need to be able to live through the situations you see these other players playing because it, it gives you that more a little bit of insight on what's going through their minds when something is happening. And, you know, I like to pride myself on, on being halfway decent at this game while still keeping up with the commentary stuff. Do you feel like uh, all of your replay analysis that you do uh, for your different commentary things, mm -hmm. has that helped you become a better player? I think I would like to think it, it has. Yeah, certainly. I, you know, I don't mean to, you know, overstate my abilities or anything like that, but I think I have a really good grasp on the fundamentals of the game and how teams are, should be playing and, and identifying mistakes within the game, um, that it's really carried over into my decision-making on the pitch. I kind of have to still put myself in the position of the players that I'm watching when I'm commentating. But overall, less double committing, you know, less making offensive errors or committing when, I'm, when I shouldn't be, you know, rotational misplays and things like that. And that's come off of watching a lot of Rocket League. So you say rotational and offensive errors. What what would you say are some of your more, uh, that the you see in your own gameplay, what are the errors that you see yourself make in those categories? Yeah, so as far as rotational stuff goes, um, I had a little bit of an awareness problem in the past where I would I would almost do a thing where I would assume I knew where my teammates were without actually knowing where my teammates were. Um, so I would be cutting my teammate without realizing it, thinking he was back further or across the pitch, whatever. And now I've incorporated using my camera a whole lot more to make sure I know where my teammates are and where the enemy players are at all times. And that's just come from watching my own replays, really. Uh, I've, I've gotten a lot better at that. But as far as offensive mistakes go, it's certainly going for touches that are ill-advised or would leave our team vulnerable. Uh, 
you know, committing to balls too early or when I have absolutely no chance of beating a defender and it would just leave my teammates scrambling on defense. I used to make a lot of those mistakes and I've really identified those key areas just from watching myself and others play. So would you say that your improvement, what kind of, what kind of mechanical improvements would you say that you've made over the past two or three months that have helped you in this next little phase of your growth? Right. Uh, Mechanical improvements. Definitely just my air game in general. I, I have a firm grasp on how my car controls at all points when I'm in the air. You know, I, I never really feel uncomfortable when I'm going for an aerial anymore. And I would say maybe not as much as nine out of 10, but at least over half of the time when I want to do something with the ball, I'm able to do it instead of just think about it. Um, and it's very freeing in a way when you can touch the ball the way that you're thinking about touching it. And it feels really good to be able to do that at this point. Can you give me some examples of maybe before that, like before you could have better ball control, right? Uh, first, like what, what you would do and then now kind of like how you look at it differently. Does that make sense? Um, Sure. If I, if I'm not answering the question, feel free to cut me off. Uh, I'll be happy to. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've always been a player that has been more prone to passing than shooting. Um, I like to set my teammates up because I feel it works out more in my favor typically. And when I'm going for aerials and you know where your teammate is and you know that you can get the ball to him if you hit it right. Um, I really struggled with hitting it right and it wouldn't go in the direction, you know, or, or have the speed or, or, um, you know, I can't think of the word right now, but, um, you know, it just, it wouldn't end up where I wanted it to go. And I've worked so much on controlling the car, hitting the right angles and really directing the ball where I want it to go instead of hoping. And it's, it's improved my game so much that uh, I feel confident making passes now. And, and that's why I've really worked on my awareness to make sure I know where my teammates are. So how did you, was that kind of hand in hand with your awareness that you didn't really know where your teammates were, that you started to work on, you know, honing in your ball control or what happened that you were like, Oh man, I suck at, <laughs> like getting the ball where I wanted to go. I want to do something about that. Or did it just like smack you in the face that, well, I'm asking a question because for me mm -hmm. one day, like I was playing and I just realized that whenever I went for a shot or whenever I was trying to hit the ball, I, I would always hit it down on the ground. Like I would always jump and hit the ball down. And I realized, well, I was always over jumping the ball and then I was on top of the ball. And when you are on top, it goes down. Like there's no way to hit the ball up when you're on top of the ball. And for some reason, it was like a ton of bricks hit me. And I was like, oh, maybe if I don't do this, I can hit the ball differently. 
And then I started practicing that and got a whole lot better with my ball control. Right. So what was, what was that kind of realization for you of like being the creating the desire to control the ball better? Yeah. The desire to have better ball control definitely stemmed from the desire to make these passes that I had in my mind that I was not able to do because it's one thing to think about it. And you're like, Oh man, I know exactly how to touch this to get it to my teammate. I know exactly where he is. And then you just, you know, you just whiff on it or something like that. It just doesn't feel good. I would say that that is really where, you know, improving my passing game was where I really wanted to start aerialing more and getting better ball, uh, uh, air control. But I wouldn't say it went hand in hand with my awareness thing. I think it went more, um, more hand in hand with just having a relaxed atmosphere where I can practice those shots without being scared of messing up. So those touches in that practice more came in games than like getting in a free play or training pack situation where you could practice maneuvering yourself to be able to do those. Yeah, definitely. I think that I'm probably one of the few who will say this, but I got so much better from the actual game and actually experiencing uh, certain things and telling myself, don't be scared to try things. Don't be scared to go for the ball. And, uh, you know, because I've used training packs in the past. I still use them. But I've never felt that sense of improvement off a training pack that I have off of actually seeing and living through situations in-game. I think that there is a lot to having both. There's a part of me that tells myself, like, if I want to improve, I need to be spending a lot of time in free play, in training packs, like working on different things and honing kind of like my understanding of the game and and how different things interact with each other and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think that's super important. And at the same time, like you only get certain experiences and certain feelings and certain understandings when you're actually playing the game against other people in like a real life situation. Right. Yeah. Cause it's just, there are just variables that training packs don't do a good job of replicating. In my in my experience, uh, Bacchus mod helps, and you know Bacchus mod can help shake up those training packs a little bit to make them more unpredictable. But I just I've never hit a shot in Rocket League and said, "Man, I'm so glad I practiced that in in the the training packs," because no two shots are ever the same, no two touches are ever the same, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the training packs don't do a great job of giving you the variance. I think they're good for like the foundation stuff. Yes. Like if somebody is listening that can't hit an aerial to save their life, 100% training pack, training pack, training pack. But if you were like me that can't, couldn't direct the ball where you wanted it to go, you're not going to get that from a training pack, in my opinion. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. I think, and there's such a fine balance there. Uh, when when starting off, kind of my 
process has been because there are like three or four things that I've discovered in my own game that I'm just not satisfied with. My my ability level dribbling is definitely one of them um, that I've started off in a training pack that I set up like the four specific things that I want to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I will just try them over and over and over and over and over again until I get comfortable, you know, starting them off in that specific situation that I created for myself in the training pack. And then I'll move that to free play where I have to set the shot up for myself on the move and then, you know, just do that over and over and over again and then move that into actual games where I try to create that situation for myself or take advantage of that situation whenever it happens. And that's, you know, kind of the final piece of the puzzle is getting comfortable at a game speed, doing these new skills that I've been practicing outside of the game. Yeah, uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, 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 it's kind of what every sport is like. And I like to relate it to hockey because I, I played hockey for 15 years and um, you know of a skill that you want to get better at or that you don't really have you know, like stick handling or, or, or a fake that you see and you like. And doing drills gets you to that minimum level of competence to try it in a game. And then mm-hmm. trying it in a game, seeing how it worked, what worked against the defender, you know, what you can do to make it better, and then doing those minute little things in practice or in a game is what's most important. You're not going to get the level of skill that that you want purely by sitting there in a controlled environment doing the same thing over and over again. It, it, it just, it doesn't give you that same feel because you're never going to say, Oh, I totally can set this complete situation up in a game because it just doesn't happen. Right. You definitely have to be able to accommodate or adapt to whatever is in front of you to then create, you know, whatever it is you want to do, whether that's, I mean, the, the best example for me is air dribbles off the wall. Like there are so many training packs out there to practice air dribbles off the wall, but you never get into those in the actual, in an actual game. They never look like that. So learning how to properly hit the ball off the wall in a training pack is great but then doing it in free play and then figuring out how to then get into a game and hit the ball, like get to the ball and then hit it is a completely different world. Yeah. Free play. I, I definitely recommend people use free play as much as you can. I mean, funny enough, every time I do things like this, I do shows or anything like that. I'm always in free, in free play. That's what I'm doing literally right now as we're talking It's just, running around the map, hitting the ball in free play and working on the things that I want to work on. Cause it's, it, it can be a mindless task where I can focus on other things, but at the same time, it's not a training pack where it's the same thing over and over again. It's mm-hmm. you have to react to what happens and it's not as good as a game, but it is still something that I think a lot of people take for granted training free play is such a useful tool tool in rocket league that if you're not using it to get better then you really should start it's like going to the gym 
I mean, if you want to get stronger, if you want to get faster, if you want to get better at something, you, especially in athletics, you know, you go to the gym, you practice. And if, and there are people that are good at this game that have only done it in games. And it usually takes them a lot longer to get there than if you're willing to spend some time in free play working on those situations. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. And and I'm, I'm impressed that you are in free play because I just wouldn't be able to concentrate (laughs) probably more because I would be more focused on the game than what I'm talking about. (laughs) Whereas I would, I, I could not mindlessly play the game and focus on a conversation. Uh, I would be the other way around. Well, I mean, it's funny because if you think about it, that's kind of what commentary is in general. You have to focus on both things all at one time, having a conversation and watching the game. But yeah, I, I find free play just relaxing. I just let my body take over and do whatever it wants to do, whatever it feels like working on today. And I can sit here and think about whatever i want to it's it's it is kind of like a you know a relaxing experience so let's that's interesting to me actually so expand on that a little bit because when i get into free play and i mean whenever i sit down at this game this game Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking about okay i want to get better like i want to open up some mistakes. I want to see what's going on. I want to push myself to get better. So when I'm in free play, I'm practicing something, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, here's a perfect example. I'm trying to get better at flicks so they can be more forceful, so they can be stronger, so I can use them to actually score instead of just like trying to flick and then flubbing the ball over to the other team, which I'm very proficient at right now. So I've spent like 45 minutes to an hour today while I was watching RLCS working on flicks. And I realized uh, I was working on like 45 degree angle and 90 degree angle flicks, you know, like jumping into the air and then turning a little bit for that uh, really powerful flick. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of like what I just told you, a lot of my, a lot of the, I would lose control of the ball or I would hit them downwards. And this has been kind of like a running theme for some of the flicks that I attempt. And I realize, well, if I'm doing that, then I'm hitting the ball with a part of my car that is making it go down. So if I want my flick to go higher in the air, what do I have to do? And so I spent the time to like slow down, think about what I'm doing, analyze how I'm executing it, and then trying to get it to work in such a way that I do what I want to do. So like, that's, that's what I think about in free play. Like I really push myself and get uncomfortable and try to learn uh, what's going on in my game. And one thing that I ask myself a lot when I'm in free play is, am I uncomfortable right now? Am I pushing myself? Am I doing something that is actually making me better? Or am I just kind of like here pushing the ball around? So like right now, and I'm curious if if you ever get to that point in free play where you are like pushing yourself or like working on something in such a way that you know when you get into a game, it's going to be advantageous 
or do you feel like sometimes or all the time you're just kind of like there hitting the ball around? Um, I think it depends a lot on what I've noticed in the past or, or recently, I should say. There, there are definitely times where I just feel like just really doing nothing, just hitting the ball just for fun because it feels good or you know, really going up for every aerial, trying to be as fast as I possibly can around the pitch, never letting the ball rest for more than a half a second at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also times in free play where, yeah, I will certainly focus a, a, uh, a mechanic, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. Um, but just like dribbling, I mean, you talk about working on your flicks. I've, I've put in so much time making sure that my dribbling is good, keeping the ball on the hood of my car for extended periods of time and um, working on those flicks. But the thing that I think is super important that a lot of people either don't realize or don't think about is what in game psychology terms people call the zone. Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't want to go on like a way off tangent here, but the zone Please is do. something well well the zone is something that you fall into you don't put yourself in the zone right you uh you're playing the game and you're like man this feels really good i'm playing well right now and your body takes over it's no longer a thinking process it's a muscle memory repetitive kind of like my body knows what to do and this is how I'm playing. And I like to try to slip myself into that in free play. It's, it's because it's more of what you're going to be experiencing during the game. Because if you're thinking about every single thing that you're doing while you're playing the game, especially in ranked, you're, you're overthinking it, right? And it leads to mistakes, it leads to errors, and it leads to you getting down on yourself. Whereas if you don't think so hard about it and you let your body do the the nitty gritty and you think of the overall strategy or, or you try to keep track of, of boost levels of your opponents or when on the clock, the midfield boosts are going to spawn. So you can be there. Um, it really feels freeing. And I try to emulate that as much as possible by having these conversations, focusing on them, but letting myself in free play hit shots that I normally would hit in a game. Hmm. Would you say that, like, that's how you spend most of your time in free play? Uh, again, I think it just depends. If I want to work on a specific thing, then no, I okay. will. I will certainly set up, or or not set up, but you know, like when I was working on the dribbling, when I identified my dribbling is pretty bad, I need to fix this. I would focus hard on keeping the ball on the hood of my car, working on my flicks, uh, making sure that, you know, I don't uh, give away the ball. I put it into a spot where I think would be advantageous for myself or my teammates. Um, And that all happens in free play typically. But then there are other times, like I said, where I just, I don't, I try not to think about it and let my body do. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like going back to this, barrier phase that you were in Mm -hmm. 
Would you say that you were in the zone then? Yeah, certainly at times. And um, I, I think it's a, I think everybody experiences that one way or another. Um, even the worst players in the game, even players that had just picked up Rocket League a week ago, at some point that's going to happen to you after enough practice. Um, but there are, like, even when you're in that, that zone, your body still relies on its muscle memory, right? And if you haven't mm-hmm. built the proper amount of muscle memory or done the right things, you can hit kind of uh, uh, ceilings or, or peaks. And a lot of people get discouraged when they hit those kind of skill ceilings that they set for themselves and they don't try to work through it. And uh, eventually, after enough practice and enough time spent working on the mechanics, working on the building that muscle memory, it becomes natural to you. And that's when you start to crack through that, that ceiling that you've set. What do you think it is that is keeping you where you're at right now with, with your rank? My teammates, man. Amen. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Good Um, answer. Podcast (laughs) over. Um, I, I think, you know, what I tell myself is that I, I run into a little bit of some bad luck at times. Um, it's, that's certainly not the only thing, but I, I just have games where it doesn't feel right. Or, you know, we lose in overtime and it's like, man, we had that game. What happened? You go back and watch the replays, you see what happened, but you know, you kind of chuck, you know, it was a one-off mistake, something that doesn't normally happen, but more so than that, which I think is good to realize that you lose games because you lose. It's not everything is somebody's fault all the time, but more so than that, I think it's, I just haven't put in the amount of time to be better than everyone in champ two. I can't carry a champ two game on my own. And if I can't do that, then I don't deserve to be in champ three and, or, or grand champ for that matter. And, uh, while that may or may not be true, that's my mindset. So if I can't carry a game then I don't get mad at myself, I just say, all right, well, next time I better be, you know, in position for that pass that the guy gave that I wasn't there for, or, you know, I, my passes need to be better. I need to play defense more. I, I don't focus on my teammates, even though I, I said that I blame my teammates, but I think that's something that I've overcome and I'm happy with myself now that I've started to focus on myself and less on the team. So what do you mean by you started to focus here? So like when you say focus on yourself, you're thinking about how you yourself could play better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you gone to somebody's stream and they're like yelling and complaining about their teammates? It's, more than I think a lot of people would like to admit. And I that know that never happens on it. my stream. Follow me on Twitch. <laughs> I want to just Tom Twitch TV slash. I want to just Tom. Yeah. What is that a shameless bug? But that's okay. Cause it's my podcast. Yes. I hear that all the time. Um, <laughs> though I've really parred down who I watch on sure. Twitch in terms of, of rocket league streamers. So I don't hear it a lot, 
Uh, and I mean, that is like we're memeing about it. And that is one of the classic excuses for people just in the community in general. Like, oh, man, I'd be blah if I didn't have sucky teammates all the time. Right. Or, you know, like when I'm playing bad in the game and my teammate is just flaming me in the chat, like, why can't I ever get a decent teammate? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you're still going to be here even if you get good teammates. Yeah. That's, okay. That is the thing, is that when I talk about carrying a team, I don't mean that I have to be the best player in the lobby all the time. I, the, I mean that my teammates are going to have terrible games. I have terrible games. So if I'm having a terrible game, then my teammates need to step up and carry. If they can do that, they deserve to be out of the, the out of my rank. If my teammates are having a terrible game, I need to step up and carry and give them that solid backbone. And once I can do that, then I feel like I can move out of my rank. And yeah, you know, it's not every game. Oh, I have to hard carry this game. My team sucks. But it's when my team is kind of sucking at this current moment. I need to step up and play. If I can't do that, I deserve to be wherever I'm at. You're that one person on the team that gets those one or two extra saves that just like win the day or, right. you know, put up one, one of the really good passes that gives you that two goal advantage instead of the one. You, It's just those little things that the, one player always comes through with in whatever game that sets them apart. And that's usually when you can tell, oh, this person belongs maybe in the rank above as opposed to the rank that we're in. Yeah. And what people also need to realize too, I really like how I'm just generalizing everyone, <laughs> but you know, a lot of, of ranked players, especially younger ones, and I'm not trying to call anybody out. I, I just, I know this from experience with my experience in video games in general, that being a hard carry on a team when your team isn't playing well, doesn't mean you're taking every shot you're scoring all the goals you're trying to make all the saves and whatever it's playing good fundamental rocket league and setting your team up for success yes even if someone's having a bad game there's a good chance at at whatever rank you're at that they'll hit an open net if you set it up for them or if you keep the pressure in because your rotation is good and you're playing the ball the way you need to play it then hey maybe you pull them out of this little slump they're in it's not I have to score my teammates can't touch the ball it's what can I do to make my teammates better in this game and honestly if you're good enough if you're good enough to carry a game and at the same time you try to do everything it can almost be more detrimental yeah certainly because then you're just throwing everybody off well I yeah and that is a, a big key factor. I mean, if your teammate is already playing kind of off and uh, you try to take over the game by making every single touch you possibly can, then uh, it's going to throw them even more into that awkward phase and they're just going to feel bad the whole game. And you don't want that. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of players, I mean, if if you are toxic in this game, you are the leading cause of people feeling bad and playing poorly and yeah it's don't do not, that yeah it's it's counterintuitive you get mad at your teammates because they're not carrying you to victory but then you're making them play worse like it's just it's a bad it's a vicious cycle all the way around 
Whenever somebody says vicious cycle, I always think of Austin Powers. <laughs> well, wasn't my intention, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> you know, you, I think it's like at the 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 fat bastard character. You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, vicious cycle. Okay, so going back to my original question, because I think you said a lot of good things, and I don't know uh, if I got the answer that I'm looking for. So. Mm-hmm. You're more aware of how you play. You pay more attention to like what you're doing. And maybe that was your answer and I'm just not quite clear. Um, what, what would you say is the thing that you could improve on yourself to break through where you're at right now and take the next step forward? Like what, what do you think has to improve uh, for you to become a solid champ three as opposed to a high champ too. Huh. Um, I still need to work on my ground game and uh, making sure that my shooting is good. That, that has always been something that I've struggled with. Um, you know, I like the high flying flashy plays, the nice double touches and whatever, but it's very rare that you get those moments. Um at least not consistently enough that it's worth really grinding out at this point for me, but mm-hmm. making sure that I'm consistent with hitting the ball where, like I said, where I want it to go. And especially the ground shots that you get them a lot. I mean, you, if you go back and watch a replay of yours uh, of recent and you count the number of times you could have shot the ball and you shanked it, or you didn't think about it, um is a lot and i'm not saying to shoot every single time you get the opportunity but you know there there are there are situations that you wouldn't even think you could get a shot from that angle but you certainly could if you practiced it and uh i think that's where i need to improve the most just the ground game in general dribbling and ground shooting and whatever Hmm. i'm happy with my aerials but the ground game has to has to hustle up how's your how's your double touch game you know, it depends on the day, buddy. <laughs> uh, there are some days where I feel untouchable. Like I'm hitting every single double touch and I, I feel so good. And then there's other days where it's like I'm in the next continent when trying to, to read this ball off the wall. And um, I, I haven't figured out exactly why. I think it's just inconsistency, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need more time reading shots with, with double touches because, you know, for the longest time, I wasn't doing them. I mean, they weren't in my repertoire because I didn't have the air control for them. So yeah, it's just more practice. Like I said, there are on and off days, but I'm, I'm happy with where it's at. It's not what's holding me back right now is, is all. Sure. How did you, how did you up your car control game in the air? Was that, uh, what, what are they called? Workshop maps, things of that nature? Or was it mostly just like from, over and over in the game so i consider my my air game in three different stages first was like the learning stage when i was new to the game and i was just trying to hit the ball somehow um that i used a good amount of workshop map or not workshop maps um what are they called? Shot packs or what the heck are they called? Training um, packs. There we go. Yeah. We were just talking about them. <laughs> um, yeah. Training packs used a good amount of those when they came out. Um, 
and and did a lot of like aerial related drills there is an awesome video series from kevpert that's pretty old at this point that uh if you haven't people still talk about that all the time though it's i mean it's amazing it's it's such a good series of videos not just for the drills that he gives you but just for the mindset to take i i think one of the the, be- the best advice that I've ever heard about practicing in Rocket League was from that video series where Kev Pert says, um, you always, you know, he, he calls things where you feel super uncomfortable and you don't know what to do with your car blackout moments because that's what it is. There's a blackout in your muscle memory. I, you don't know how to control your car in this moment. And when you're practicing, you want those blackout moments as often as you can get them. And it's really that really helped me with my practice and i think you you kind of said it earlier that you look for those things am i feeling uncomfortable it's the same concept yeah that uh you know did can i control my car when it's upside down and falling and i have to go to the left to hit this ball no well then i better practice that and that is what helped me a lot with just getting my car in the air and if you are a new player do after you listen to the remainder of this podcast of course uh go look up kev pert's aerial tutorials i think there's three and and watch them and use what he talks about it is super helpful and he does have a workshop map as well for uh air control i think it goes hand in hand with that video i think yeah so but be sure that if this is the only episode that you've listened to to listen to all the other ones first and then go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make sure you get that done first and then share it with your favorite 10 friends. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're only on episode 10, so it's not like a, a huge listen. If we were on episode 100 or something like that. Yeah. I'm not asking a lot. You can do both <laughs> at the same time. I mean, that's the beauty. You certainly of, could. <laughs> you can listen to getting better at the game of rocket league while you actually get better at the game of rocket league i mean heck i'm talking about getting better at rocket league while getting better at rocket league while you're getting better at Ro- <laughs> this is that's three levels of better at rocket league this is so meta i can't even handle it yeah i'm gonna be grand champ as soon as i open the game and i haven't even touched my controller for a half an hour it just comes up on the screen you open the game it says you've been promoted to grand champ you did it perfect that's awesome okay (laughs) yes so the kevpert videos i've heard a lot about i have watched a little bit of them off and on Mm -hmm. a few times but i haven't like committed to them but i think it's like i'm not some genius for thinking about things this way and i realize that if I want to get better at this game, and if you, uh, nebulous uh, podcast listener, want to get better at the game and and hunt it, I think you know you did a very good job of expressing it. Like, you just you have to find these moments where you get uncomfortable, and do whatever you can to not be uncomfortable anymore. Yeah, because then all of a sudden that equals you being better oh yeah and the more of those situations that you solve uh the 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 better you are and that's just that's that's the thing that i love about video games that's the thing that i love about rocket league is 
I I haven't found anything so far that I haven't been able to be like, okay, I really want to break down how this happens and then I want to get better at it. And, you know, I have, I have good hand-eye coordination. Like I've played video games all my life. So I feel like, you know, things come reasonably naturally to me. And I know that's not everybody. And I'm very fortunate to be in that kind of a situation. And I feel that, you know, effort over time equals you getting, or for the most part, getting somewhat better at this game. And I haven't found many things like that in video game form. I think that's just quality life advice. What what you were saying um, about identifying where you feel uncomfortable and you do it until you stop feeling uncomfortable. Uh, I think no matter what it is, I can even relate that to my commentary career. Uh, you know, there are situations where I felt uncomfortable and after the cast or, or, you know, sometimes even during the cast, I would analyze and say, why did I feel uncomfortable? And once I identified it, I said, okay, well, that's obviously a weak point in, in my commentary and I need to improve. And, you know, that carries over into, to whatever rocket league into real life sports. I mean, into just, anything relationships it doesn't matter that it's just it's quality advice and um you know i i couldn't agree more with what you were saying why don't you share an example of that in your commentary like what was something that you were uncomfortable with or you feel didn't go very well how did you fix that uh, or how? what did you work on and how has that shown up differently now in your commentary? Um, well, for a specific example, um, personally for me, I feel like I'm a very versatile caster in that I can work with just about anybody. Um, and I kind of pride myself on that point. But there was a time when I was not that way. I, I had trouble with people of certain styles or... Um, you know, if, especially people who try to be overtly funny, right? Like there are just some casters that really love making puns and, and I've worked with them in Rocket League even. And I had a hard time, like I would feel uncomfortable after they would, they would use these kind of puns that I, it was, I was left like, what do I say now? How do I, how do I go from here? And I really, as as dumb as it sounds, I really went back and thought about like, okay, he made a joke. What am I supposed to do? Like, how do I follow this up without it sounding awkward? Um, and you know, this this is a very specific thing. But, now, was it also a bad joke? Uh, there are there have been plenty, plenty so, of terrible jokes. I guess I will say subjectively a bad joke because i don't want to just throw people <laughs> under the bus but like something that is it just like whenever somebody uses a pun in general do you not like puns no i do no i certainly do but okay so these are like bad puns then i'm guessing well it's just i mean yeah it, good puns make it easier to react to uh, yeah but bad in in the broadcast you want it to feel smooth for the audience Totally. Well, and, yeah. you don't want to make an audience feel uncomfortable. <laughs> that sounds like a bad experience. Right. Exactly. And and there are there is a time and a place in a in a broadcast for a bad pun. Like I'm not going to say that they're that they're making the broadcast worse by 
using bad jokes because it can legitimately be funny and kind of like a comedic relief thing. Yes. But I had trouble reacting and responding well without making it sound weird or awkward. Um, and it's super funny that we're talking about this right now because I casted the CRLB stream last night with Squid. And we, we were towards the end of the stream and uh, I made a, a, a hockey reference, I think. Um, and Squid was like, man, I don't really know a whole lot about hockey. And I was like, well, I thought about it and I was like, well, it is, you know, baseball playoff time. Why don't we start talking? Why don't we make baseball playoff or, or baseball references? Just as kind of like a fun thing that we were talking about during the stream. And uh, eventually that led to us making like 15 baseball puns in like two games of Rocket League. Oh my. And it was, it's funny because it was fun. Like we made it, in in my opinion, a good time and not overly cringy or awkward. And it's because I worked on those things and I worked on reacting to things in like a proper manner and not getting flustered when I hear somebody make a terrible joke. And uh, it's just, it's, it's that same type of thing that you can apply to Rocket League. And commentary and Rocket League are two totally different monsters, but, you know, it's that same, why did I feel uncomfortable? How can I stop feeling uncomfortable in this situation? Yeah, the same concept definitely applies. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for sharing that little bit about the whole commentary side of thing. And just like you said, it really you really can put this kind of, thought into anything that you're doing and of course i hope you do that with rocket league because getting better at rocket league is awesome and that's what i want for everybody uh but i think that we are going to start winding it down and as usual we will go through the standard wind down process uh hunted where did the name is it just hunted yes yeah Uh, what where'd that come from well I uh, I got into really like online stuff when I was pretty young and uh, I don't remember I was using some username that was kind of like just my real life name sort of and you know my friends had all these cool usernames right so I was like man I got to change it it's got to be something that's that's cool and like unique and interesting and somehow I landed on hunted and it's just kind of stuck I've never nice. uh Never really thought about it too much, but I haven't come across too many people with the same username. It happens, but not often. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I certainly haven't seen any other ones. I do not run into many Toms, so my lack of creativity <laughs> has gotten uh, quite creative. Well, there you go. Though it's I do get a lot of circle. MySpace jokes. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Which I don't care for. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've gotten that little piece of uh, backstory there at the end of the podcast, Mm -hmm. as always, uh, Hunted, if you would like to share any final thoughts with the audience, now is your opportunity. Well, first, I just want to thank you all. And well, thank you, Tom, for, for hosting it and everybody for listening. It's been a lot of fun just talking through how everything has gone. But yeah, final thoughts, I would say to uh you know take care of your mental state before or not before but in in, you know simultaneously with the mechanical side of the game because 
there are so many things that you have to think about all at one time that if you don't put yourself in that position to think clearly and focus and not get angry or salty or whatever, then you're just going to have a bad time and it's going to turn the game into work and you're not going to have fun anymore. And I want everybody who plays this game that I absolutely love to have an awesome fun time um, and improve. Just, I mean, that's the whole point of doing this. So yeah, make sure you work on that mental state, look up stuff. If you, if you don't understand it or, or whatever, make sure you listen to Tom's podcast. Cause he talks a lot about that. So yeah. Yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> and then as always, uh, I love to give my guests an opportunity to ask something of the audience as well. Uh, so if there's anything that you're curious about that you would like to throw out to the people of the internet to get some answers back, uh, here's a chance for that as well. This one, this is tough. What do I want to know from the internet? Man, there's so much I want to know from the internet. I'm kind of afraid of asking, to be honest, but we're a uh, kind bunch <laughs> um well really i mean i could go the the corny route and and you know kind of sum up what we were talking about in a question of you know what makes you uncomfortable in rocket league and Ooh. actually i would be kind of interested to see what people say and so so th yeah let's do it what rank are you and slash i guess this is two questions but what rank are you and what makes you uncomfortable that's really good. That's a really good question. And oh, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to seeing the answers for that. So if people would like to share that answer with you, make sure to send us those answers on Twitter and hunted uh, besides Twitter. If there's anything else, where can people find you uh, out there on the internet? Um, yeah, certainly on Twitter. You can follow me at iHunted on, on Twitter. But uh, I do have a Twitch channel that I haven't used in a while. I've been talking with a couple of my old uh, Twitch friends of getting back into it. So uh, it's the same on Twitch as Twitter, twitch.tv slash iHunted. You can follow me on there. and We'll be playing Rocket League and a whole bunch of other stuff. But mm. yeah, really, I haven't uh, don't have much other online presence other than literally every community stream ever for rocket league but other than that yeah so <laughs> uh i mean you do so there's there's rival i know that's a big one but do you what other communities like are running events still that stream consistently um well unfortunately not a ton at least none of the big ones anymore i mean boots legacy and and mythical have both stopped um and nexus for that matter of I've all kind of stopped doing a lot. Certainly rival. It's, it is rival. Yeah. They do, a uh, they work with psionics and they do their own, you know, opens and stuff, which are always a mm -hmm. lot of fun, but, um, it's actually kind of becoming more of a, uh, more of like a B stream central type deal. I mean, we have the CRL yeah. B stream, we have the rival series B stream, dream hack qualifiers and B stream and stuff like that. And yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot of those and they've been so much fun. I've, I'm so glad to, to be in a position to do those. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love talking to anybody who enjoys my commentary. Or if you don't enjoy it, I also wouldn't mind talking to you either to see what you don't like about it. But feedback is always good. Yeah, exactly. So do reach out to me on Twitter or, or 
dm me on discord or whatever if you can find me and um yeah if you want to talk commentary hit me up nice well uh thank you i mean that question is good i really look forward to uh hearing some responses from the community about that i would say for gosh i'm trying to think about what really makes me uncomfortable um (laughs) flicks like right now I've, I've been playing a lot of ones and getting the ball on top of my car, keeping it on top of my car so that I can make like an actual flick or getting the ball in the right place where I can actually get the ball past my opponent. And then I need to work on challenges. My challenges are not very good right now. Mm, challenges uh, and are I, super important too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm just not, uh, I'm not doing them effectively. And honestly, challenges that result in a 50-50, I'm doing a lot of pinches towards my goal with my opponent right now. Like I'm losing a lot of 50-50s. So my challenges and how I challenge uh, into the ball uh, could be a lot better. So uh, kind of honing that in and, and focusing on that is is. Oh yeah. My biggest opportunity to grow right now. And I, I guess if we have just a brief moment, I can give a little piece of advice that I've learned from wanting to improve my challenges. Um, that the best thing to do, especially on the defensive side is when you're going for a challenge and this seems really silly, but if you go back and look at your replays of recent games, after hearing what I'm about to say and counting the number of times you've done this, it will shock you keep yourself in between the ball and your goal at all times when you're challenging. Yep. And you talk about pinching the ball into the back of your net. It's because you're not in between. You're kind of off Mm -hmm. to the side or whatever. And like I said, it sounds silly. It sounds obvious, but the number of times that people don't do it and lose a challenge and get scored on because of it is way, way, way too high. So there you go. Boom. Last piece of advice. Yeah. All right, perfect. So make sure that you follow Hunted out there on the internet. Check out his stream. Check out Rival. Uh, give him some love because he's obviously working hard at what he does and enjoys. Uh, and if you want, as always, I certainly appreciate you giving me some follows out there on the internet as well. Twitter is I Wanted Just Tom. Twitch, I Wanted Just Tom. I am on that Twitch grind as well, trying to spend as much time on there as possible. Uh, and really enjoying it because, uh, I just, I just enjoy hanging out and playing this game that we all love. Uh, and then if you have an answer, I did this for a couple episodes ago, you can download the anchor app, which is in the app store or the Google play store. And you can actually send me a voice message through that app that I can play at the beginning of the podcast or throw it up on Twitter as well. Uh, we got one from Platypus, Platypus, Platypus Prime uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was really cool. I would love to get more of those. So do that. Make me happy uh, because that would just make me happy. And that's all I have to say about that. Hunted, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, it was really uh, enjoyable. We'll have to do this again sometime in the future and see how that progress is going for you. But for now, we're calling it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys have a good uh, time. And make sure you listen to podcast number 11.